Section 24 of Sketches of the Fair Sex in All Parts of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Sketches of the Fair Sex in All Parts of the World by Anonymous. St. Valentine's Day. On St. Valentine's Day, it is customary in many parts of Italy for an unmarried lady to choose from among the young gentlemen of her acquaintance one to be her guardian or gallant, who, in return for the honour of this appointment, presents to her some nosegays or other trifles, and thereby obliges himself to attend her in the most obsequious manner in all her parties of pleasure and to all her public amusements for the space of one year. When he may retire, and the lady may choose another in his place, but in the course of this connection it frequently happens that they contract such an inclination to each other as prompts them to be coupled for life. In the times of the chivalry we have seen that the men gloried in protecting the women, and the women thought themselves safe and happy when they obtained that protection. It is probable, therefore, that this custom, though now more an affair of gallantry than of protection, is a relic of chivalry still subsisting among that romantic and sentimental people. But the observation of some peculiar customs on St. Valentine's Day is not confined to Italy. Almost all Europe has joined in distinguishing it by some particular ceremony. As it always happens about that time of the year when the genial influences of the spring begin to operate, it has been believed by the vulgar that upon it the birds invariably choose their mates for the ensuing season. In imitation, therefore, of their example, the vulgar of both sexes in many parts of Britain meet together, and having upon slips of paper wrote down the names of all their acquaintances and put them into two different bags, the men drew the female names by lot, and the women the male. The man makes the woman who drew his name some trifling present, and in the rural gamble becomes her partner, and she considers him as her sweetheart till he is otherwise disposed of, or till next Valentine's Day provide her with another. Courts of Love In Spain, during the Middle Ages, courts of love were established. These courts were composed of ladies summoned to meet together for the purpose of discussing, in the most formal and serious manner, beautiful and subtle questions of love, they decided the precise amount of inconstancy which a lady might forgive, without lowering her own dignity, provided her lover made certain supplications and performed certain penances. They took it into solemn consideration whether a lover was justified under any circumstances in expressing the slightest doubt of his lady's fidelity. They laid down definite rules and ceremonials of behaviour to be observed by those who wished to be beloved and gravely discussed the question whether sentiment or sight, the heart or the eyes, contributed most powerfully to inspire affection. Immodesty at Babylon That modesty and chastity, which we now esteem as the chief ornament of the female character, does not appear in times of remote antiquity to have been much regarded by either sex. At Babylon, the capital of the Assyrian Empire, it was so little valued that a law of the country even obliged every woman once in her life to depart from it. This abominable law, which it is said was promulgated by an oracle, ordained 
that every woman should once in her life repair to the temple of Venus, that on her arrival there her head should be crowned with flowers, and in that attire she should wait till some stranger performed with her the rites sacred to the goddess of debauchery. This temple was constructed with a great many winding galleries appropriated to the reception of the women, and the strangers who, allured by debauchery, never failed to assemble there in great numbers, being allowed to choose any woman they thought proper from among those who came there in obedience to the law. When the stranger accosted the object of his choice, he was obliged to present her with some pieces of money, nor was she at liberty to refuse either these or the request of the stranger who offered them, whatever was the value of the money, or however mean or disagreeable the donor. These preliminaries being settled, they retired together to fulfil the law, after which the woman returned and offered the goddess the sacrifice prescribed by custom, and was then at liberty to return home. Nor was this custom entirely confined to the Babylonians. In the island of Cyprus, they sent young women at stated times to the seashore, where they prostituted themselves to Venus, that they might be chaste the rest of their lives. In some other countries, a certain number only were doomed to prostitution, as it is supposed, by way of a bribe to induce the goddess of debauchery to save the rest. When a woman had once entered the temple of Venus, she was not allowed to depart from it till she had fulfilled the law, and it frequently happened that those to whom nature had been less indulgent than to others remained there a long time before any person offered to perform with them the condition of their release. A custom, we think, sometimes alluded to in scripture, and expressly delineated in the book of Barak. The women also, with cords about them, sitting in the ways, burn bran for perfume. But if any of them, drawn by some that passeth by, lie with him, she reproacheth her fellow, that she was not thought worthy as herself, nor her cord broken. Though this infamous law was at first strictly observed by all the women of Babylon, yet it would seem that, in length of time, they grew ashamed of, and in many cases dispensed with it, for we are informed that women of the superior ranks of life, who were not willing literally to fulfil the law, were allowed a kind of evasion. They were carried in litters to the gates of the temple, where, having dismissed all their attendants, they entered alone, presented themselves before the statue of the goddess, and returned home. Possibly this was done by the assistance of a bribe to those who had the care of the temple. Indecency at Adrianople in Adrianople and the neighbouring cities, the women have public baths which are a part of their religion and of their amusement, and a bride, the first time she appears there after her marriage, is received in a particular manner. The matrons and widows being seated round the room, the virgins immediately put themselves into the original state of Eve. The bride comes to the door, richly dressed and adorned with jewels. Two of the virgins meet her, and soon put her into the same condition with themselves. Then, filling some silver pots with perfume, they make a procession round the room, singing an epithalamium, in which all the virgins join in chorus. The procession ended, the bride is led up to every matron who bestows on her some trifling presents, and to each she returns thanks, till she has been led round the whole. We could add many more ceremonies arising from marriage, but as they are for the most part such as make a part of the marriage ceremony itself, we shall have occasion to mention them with more propriety under another head. 
End of section 24.